Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Today, we're going to be talking about breastfeeding, and I have with me Jennifer Miller. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer Miller. She is a motherhood blogger and content creator with a mission to empower, support, and be a constant reminder to embrace the not-so-glamorous side of motherhood. In hopes of breaking breastfeeding stigmas within the Black community, she is also the co-founder and president of the Board of Directors of Chocolate Milk Mommies, a nonprofit organization that serves women of color throughout their breastfeeding journey. As the mom of two, her love for babies comes naturally, but her passion has stemmed from the overwhelming tasks that mothers experience and how she made it through the fourth trimester with only the support of her husband. Jennifer's hands may be full of mommy tasks, but her heart never gets tired of spilling out love and light in order to help other moms through this amazing voyage. Jennifer, I want to start by asking you a couple of things about um, the Chocolate Milk Mommies organization. First of all, I know that you're the co-founder, and I think I interviewed the other co-founder, right? Yes, you interviewed the um, co-president at the time. Co-president, she's not a co. Yeah, she's not. She she's not a co-founder. Um, she's uh, on the board of Chocolate Milk Mommies because we're a, a nonprofit as well. So. Gotcha. Yeah, she sits on the board. She's the vice president now. Tell us where you're located. We're in Birmingham, Alabama. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, historically, for as long back as I remember, which is longer than I'm going to admit, uh, Alabama <laughs> has been one of the uh, an area, a state where the lowest breastfeeding rates have existed for decades. And yes. so kudos to Jennifer for taking this on, for creating a nonprofit organization. But Jennifer, other than, like, how far outside of Birmingham do you serve your clientele? Um, So all of our grants right now require us to stay inside of Jefferson County. So we can't go out to any other counties right now at this moment. We are in the process of trying to reach um, the Black Belt and also Mobile, Alabama, because Mobile has a really, the Black Belt and Mobile has a really need for community support when it comes to Black mothers breastfeeding. So right now we're just in Birmingham, Jefferson County, um, Shelby County. Um, I may be missing a few counties, but. I always get confused with the counties <laughs> in Birmingham. I mean, well, in Alabama. So tell us a little bit about the what motivated you to start the Chocolate Milk Mommies. And tell us about the mission of the Chocolate Milk Mommies. 
Okay, so Chocolate Milk Mommies came about when our amazing founder, Angel Warren, who's a nurse, she decided to come up with an idea to have a photo shoot that represents Black mothers breastfeeding to show that we that. do breastfeed. Yes, I remember that. It was a that great was photo. that was our first. Yes, that was our first interview with you. Actually, it was around that photo. Um, and at that time, there wasn't much black representation of breastfeeding. So when we did it, that was our motive. That was our mission. As time went on, the next, the following year, we decided to take it further and become a nonprofit organization because. Once we got our private Facebook group, we saw that there were was a need of Absolutely. community support um, for Black mothers. So we decided to become a nonprofit and with the mission to decrease Black infant and more, uh, maternal mortality and morbidity rates and to decrease racial disparities in Black maternal and child health. So that's that's a little bit of our mission. I, the, the mission is pretty long, but I don't want to... Oh, I, I, I think you summarized it pretty well there, Jennifer. Yeah. Jennifer, for those who might not be familiar with that photo, which I thought was quite compelling, but my understanding is that you got a lot of flack from from that photo. Can you talk a little bit about definitely. that? Oh, yes, we most definitely did. Um, we were called... Uh, First, the first and foremost comment that we always get is there's no need for mothers to breastfeed in public. You know, you can cover up, uh, you know, you should keep save this for your spouses. We as black mothers were called monkeys. Um, We were called uh, they they said that we don't have husbands and that we were on food stamps. And that's the reason why we have to do these photo shoots to get the little money and blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. Like, um, you can go to Yahoo. We tried to delete all of those comments, but, you know, they just kept coming. So we just gave up on it. So what? Oh, Jennifer, I'm so (laughs) sorry. Uh, It's like people are just, they just don't get it. They don't. They don't get it. So, yeah, you've got a very compelling mission. But you know, as well as I know, that there are a number of barriers that everyone experiences for breastfeeding. How does the Chocolate Milk Mommies, as a group, as an organization, to break those barriers and those stigmas in the Black community? Well, over the past three years, we have created programs uh, with the main focus from anywhere um from parent outreach to supplying pumps to mothers who oh. don't have access to pumps. Oh, wow. So we have wow. a pump rental program as well. Um, and then we also have a Facebook group that has grown to four, four, 4,500 members now Woo-hoo! today, the last time I checked. Um, so we're in there always and we have mommy meetups for moms to uh, come on Google Meet and we will answer any questions they may have. We have a breastfeeding education portion of that Google Meet. Um, and we also have one-on-one consultation for mothers who are having breastfeeding issues. So, yeah, those programs and implementing those programs are our main focus right now when it, when it comes to breaking those barriers. How many, um, I want to say leaders, but how, I mean, obviously you've got a core of of a leadership group yes. that takes on organizing those meetings oh, yeah. and so forth. How, how many people are really at the helm of making the organization move forward? We have 
six, six, and I may be adding one. Hello, wait, one. Yeah, we have six um, board members that sit on the board and that are also on the front line, on the ground, doing the work on the ground. Um, So, yeah, we have a a mom that she started off in Birmingham, but she's a military wife. So she had to move to California, but she's still she's doing an amazing job, even long distance. So, yeah, all of us are hands in, hands on um, and ready to do the work. We're always ready to do the work. Yeah, because six or seven people is not very many to do all the kinds of things that you're talking about, Uh, as well as, oh, by the way, you have your own life and your own kids and your own job. Of course. And we also, well, we also have volunteers as well. We we started uh, having volunteers last year once once we started growing and getting to that 3000 mark in our um, Facebook group. So, Uh yeah, we have about five volunteers that also help with those big events and the programs that we are implementing, Um, because like you said, with just six of us, it's no way that we'll be able to do that. (laughs) We need those extra five uh, and they need to be hands on, too. So, yes, we do have volunteers. I don't want to discredit them. (laughs) Of course, of course, of course. But even so, it's just it's um, it's a lot of work. Jennifer, give us a little history here. I think that it's always good to get things in context. So how would you describe when when did the disconnection between breastfeeding and the black community begin? Uh, enlighten us. The disconnection started during the enslavement of our ancestors uh, due to the trauma during that time um, because they were forced to witness Um, white women's baby and then just feed their babies whatever they can because at that time formula wasn't a thing so they had to come up with different ways to feed their babies which always ended up either messing with their digestive system which led into their babies dying Um, so I think that trauma is where the disconnection began and it became this sudden thing for us as black women as if it's only a white person's thing now. So I think that's where the disconnection and that's why um, it's so many decades it has been, you know, passed down like this is not for us anymore, you know? So I think getting back to that is when and, and telling moms, black moms, hey, this is for us. Like we, we are supposed to breastfeed our babies too. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking that a, a problem that compounds that, at least, and and I've been basically in the North, is that these Black women who are trying to breastfeed their babies now have a mother who did not breastfeed. Exactly. And that means that, number one, even if the mother wants to be helpful, she really doesn't know much about it, most likely. Exactly. And number two, she may be part of that whole mindset that this is not what black women do. It, uh, can you talk about that a little bit about the, the mother definitely. aspect or maybe I should say the grandmother aspect? Oh, definitely. Um, because she's not because the mother and it's not that she's not educated because she may have some education around breastfeeding, the little that she knows. And sometimes it can be even outdated for the grandmother. Like the oh, grandmother yeah. may have, they oh, may yeah. have, you know, breastfed yes. their babies, but Agreed. you know, time, science is always like, you know, it's always for, forever changing. And yes. yes. And yeah. so I think that comes into play as well. And I think as 
grandmothers, they need to be educated constantly as long as well as the black mothers. So when we talk about community support, it's not only for the black mom, it needs to be for their moms, mm-hmm. their aunts, their, their, the fathers, um, their friends, whoever they, they call their village, the whole village needs to be uh, supported and educated when it comes to breastfeeding. How would you talk to a mom who says, uh, my mother tells me I shouldn't be doing this or this is this is somehow negative? What, would, what advice would you give that mom? Oh, I definitely reassure um, the mother that it, it's not your mother's fault. Like, don't blame your mother for what she's saying because she just doesn't know. And right. to always tell the mom, hey, I'm not discrediting what you know. I'm not saying that you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying that the way that it used to be and how breastfeeding is set up and the education around it, this is not right. And this is what me and my family are uh, is doing now. Yes. Um, so this yes. is not to discredit you. This is not to say you're wrong. You know, I always tell mothers that like, please start off with that. Like, because I, they, sometimes mothers can feel like, oh, she doesn't want my help. She thinks I'm, you know, like, and we don't yes. want that. We don't want that tension yes. between a mother and uh, the mother and the, the child's mother, the grandmother well, and the mother. <laughs> I can tell you that as a nurse, um, I have a little bit different wording, but a, a, I will frequently start out, especially if the mother is in the room, I will start mm-hmm. out with saying, if I'm telling you something different than what your mother has told you, let me know. Yeah. Because I feel like the nurse, the nurse is outside the family, you know? Right, and right. I at least want to know that they're perceiving me as an outsider that may or may not know something. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of dicey, you know? It's kind of dicey. Yes, it is. Uh, so you, could you don't probably... want to step on any toes. Exactly. You, know? you don't want to. <laughs> well, and you know, sometimes I go down the route that you're talking about, which is, oh, you know, we've learned so much in the last few years. Yes. It's like, yeah, we've known this for a lot of years, but <laughs> a lot of years. But just to you know, take the the icing Gotta, off and the kick. Yes, cut edge <laughs> off. Yes. So you could probably talk about this all day long, but um, okay. in some relatively simple terms here, help us to understand how breastfeeding actually helps in lowering Black maternal and infant mortality rates. Well, there's a couple of reasons why, but I think the start is for maternal care for Black mothers, better maternal care for Black mothers, um, which if they're getting the standard care that they they should, breastfeeding education and the importance of breastfeeding should be included in that. And that can help lower those alarming rates that we see when it comes to Black mothers breastfeeding, or I'm, I'm sorry, when it comes to um, the infant and maternal mortality rates. And would you say that that is a teaching point that you try to um, advocate for? Or definitely. do you, yeah, okay. Most definitely. And I think having, um, and I know I've said this a million times, but having those programs in place. Also, right. um, we have community baby showers for pregnant moms or moms with babies under six months. And I think those type of spaces is 
great for that. Great for that education because we can definitely like push it. And um, I just really, I really think implementing those programs and those events for us, by us, is very, it's vital. Yeah. And you know, I, for any mother who is listening, who is giving her baby formula, a little or a lot of formula, I I don't want them to think that oh, this no. is the end of the world. Okay. Definitely. It's not. Oh, no. <laughs> there are always going to be moms who formula feed their kids to, to one extent or another. And one of the main messages that I always try to tell people, so now I feel like I need to say it here, is <laughs> any amount of breastfeeding is That's better right. than no amount. That's right. Um, <laughs> so correct. What you I was, I was a mother that supplemented in the beginning with my son. When I didn't know he had a tongue tie, I had oh. no choice. So I had to until we, until we figured out that it was a tongue tie and then we got that reversed. Um, and we were able to breastfeed for 19 months, thankfully. But sometimes if it wasn't, I, was, I would have still been okay with him only getting those three months worth of breast milk that I pumped. And sure. along yes. with the formula that I gave him, he was getting fed. So, yeah, I, I just always want to make sure that people understand that while breastfeeding is optimal, it is ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a lot of ideal things in this world that sometimes we just don't do completely. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And then sort of feeds into my next question, which is about barriers that the black community faces uh, when it comes to breastfeeding initiation or breastfeeding continuation, because I think there's a problem with both. But uh, if you were to name some of those barriers, number one, what would those barriers be? And then number two, I have a follow-on question, but let me just give you one at a time here. Of course, of course. So research shows that uh, it's there. It shows that Black women are less likely to get breastfeeding assistance from a lactation nurse after the birth of their baby, especially at those hospitals that that are in areas um, where um, Black people and Black communities, there's a higher outcome. Um, So I think if they don't have that, um, no education before baby arrival and no support when baby gets here. Right. That's one of the barriers that right. stops the continuation of breastfeeding. Also, if they do, let's say, okay, they do get the support. They do get the support of a lactation nurse. Um, and sometimes the education that they're getting from the nurse is not accurate. <laughs> Right. Or it's outdated. <laughs> right. Um, right. And I think these these two issues and I could keep naming them, but those two issues will lead to a never ending di- downward spiral. You know, when it comes to continuing to breastfeed their children, Absolutely. they will get defeated and just give up. Absolutely. So if from where you sit, from your perspective, why is it that you think that the black, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but right, right. Why, why is it that you think the black mother is less likely to get help from uh, the nurse, the lactation nurse, the, the doctor, the whoever in the hospital? Um, I think it's one of the thing is the doctor patient and I, and I patient, I don't know if I'm uh, saying this right, but the doctor patient uh, there, I can't think of the word. 
but they're afraid. Yeah, the relationship, but yeah. they're afraid of the doctor. They're afraid to open up. It's a word for oh, it, but I oh. cannot think of it. Um, but they're afraid to open up and, and form a relationship with them um, from both ends, not only from the Black mother, but from the doctor's end as well. Um, so I think seeing these doctors in, in, and being afraid to ask questions because they feel like, you know, they don't know everything or they just don't want to open up to the doctors is a big barrier for us. Um, and we we should definitely continue to tell mothers, hey, you hired them. They work for you. Right. You know, like that's, right. they work for you. So you ask the questions if you need to, you know. So I think that's where it come in. That's where that comes in. Yeah, I just want to say. You could spend the rest of your life saying that, Jennifer, because that is a hugely important message. Yeah, they work good. for you. Mm-hmm. That That is just really, like, I don't know that I've said that loud enough. Oh, I don't know times. that I've said it frequently enough. <laughs> but, you know, it's so true. They, you it hire is. them. They work for you. Hello. And if they and if they don't want to answer those questions or they don't want, they they give those red flags. Fire them and hire another Absolutely. one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, totally agree. But now, Jennifer, I want to go back to part of your motivation for starting the Chocolate Milk Mommies in the first place, which is it sounds to me like you had little or no support for breastfeeding uh, with your first baby. So uh, how would you characterize this relationship or non-relationship with the doctor, the nurse, the hospital, the whoever, uh, do, do you feel like you were ignored or talked down to or or what? How would oh, you definitely. characterize that? Oh, definitely. Well, I didn't even I didn't even advocate for myself. It's whatever they were saying went, you know, like oh. when the pediatrician came in and told me my baby um, had lost too much weight, which he didn't. Um, they gave him formula. I was like, okay, cool. Which led to nipple confusion. Yeah. Which led to, you know, and then it keeps going. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like, yes. Um, whatever they were telling me, I was just like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, I didn't have no sense of education around breastfeeding because my mom did not breastfeed. My sister breastfed, but um, she did only what she knew how to do. Like she didn't have any education around it. She was just learning as she went, you know, so she uh-huh. couldn't really put into words on how to tell me how to breastfeed my baby because she only breastfed for six weeks until she went back to work. And then once she went back to work, she was like, I can't do the pumping and that it stopped. You know? I just want to say if she did it for six weeks, she's way ahead yes. of tons and tons and tons of other yes. mothers. So yes. kudos to I her. I applaud her. Of Absolutely. Course. <laughs> you know, sometimes these women will say, well, I only breastfed for six weeks or I only breastfed for this long. Oh, and I'm like, right. hey, that's a, that's hey honey, the fact that you did it more than two days right. is pretty great. You know? exactly. So to me, any amount of success mm. is success. And you, nobody should beat themselves up for doing it for just this long or just exactly. that long. So Definitely. this kind of brings us to another point, which is how how can people outside of the black community support uh, two things at the individual level and at the system level? First of all, how can we 
who are not part of the Black community, how can we support organizations like Chocolate Milk Mommies? The number one thing is to donate. Um, We as a Black community not only lack the resources, but we also lack the funds in order to have access to those resources. So, for example, um, it is really hard for lactation counselors to get their IBCOC right now (laughs) Mm. because it costs so much it does Um, like it costs so much so I think donating to um, these organizations like chocolate book mommies and putting the money into the programs that we're trying to do in order to get out on foot into our community and help black mothers Um, so So, Jennifer don't leave us hanging here how do we do that Um, well, for me, I can't speak for everyone, but I know for me, for, uh, chocolate milk mommies, you can find us, um, at www.chocolatemilkmommies.org. And we have a donation page on our website that you can go to. And it's really easy. We're also on all social media platforms besides Twitter. We haven't got on Twitter yet, but we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And we also have our links on there as well. I want to repeat that for people who want to donate to Jennifer's organization, and that is www.chocolatemilkmommies.org. Correct, Jennifer? That's correct. All right. And then I also want to ask, I presume that you're a 501c3, so that's a tax-deductible donation? Yes. And I'm also going to put some words in your mouth here. I'm going to say <laughs> you, you you probably will accept any amount of a donation, yes? Oh, definitely. Oh, yes. There is no too small, no too big. Like, we, we will accept whatever you can give to us, of course. Uh, all right, because we have tens of thousands of listeners to this show, okay? I'm talking tens of thousands. <laughs> so... And around the globe, no less. So I would just ask you, if you're listening right now and you're listening to Jennifer's personal story or you're listening to what Jennifer and just a small handful of her colleagues are doing to lead this organization forward and to help these women, if there are tens of thousands of you listening out there, how about if you would all just give a dollar? A dollar. (laughs) That would be great. And if you can give $2.43, that would be great. If you can give $5, (laughs) that would be even better. But I think that very often when we think about donating, we feel like, oh, you know, we really got to dig deep in our pockets. Well, that that would be great. But how about any amount? This is like breastfeeding, okay? Any amount is better than nothing. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. And so... This also then becomes another whole layer of support, and that is the importance of black lactation consultants. Now, I can tell you, I have been running one or the other of my uh, lactation uh, IBCLC, IBLCE exam prep courses for years. Uh, I started actually in another uh, organization, and I built my own in 2004. So that tells you that even on my own, I've been doing this for a long time, and it is very, very, very unusual for women of color to attend my courses. Now, that's not always the case. 
I remember that a couple of years ago, there was a big crew. I think there were like five black women from Vanderbilt University, and they all came. It was great. They also gave a lot of good perspective to the rest of us, which was great. But my question is, how important it was? How important is this? I can go out there and I can tell people it's important to get their credential, to support these women, et cetera. But from where you sit, if we had more black IBCLCs or OBGYNs or pediatricians or whatever, how would this impact the women that you encounter in a day? Um, So going back to what I stated earlier, um, we don't have the luxury of getting the lactation support we immediately um, we need immediately after birthing our children. Um, So I think and that's compared to our white counterparts. So I think one of the main reasons uh, for this is racism and bias and having black lactation counselors, uh, consultants and OBGYN and pediatricians who are breastfeeding friendly, um, gives Black women that advocacy they need on the front line immediately after. So I think that's important when it comes to um, Black lactation count, uh, consultants and OBGYNs. Well said. But let me ask you the harder question. <laughs> Some of those people are not going to be out there working, uh, credentialed and working in the field until thousands of women have their babies in the meantime. Mm -hmm. So what can somebody, this is my hardest question, Jennifer, but here you go. (laughs) What can some old white lady like me, I mean, I'm not only not black, I'm not young. I am not their peer. I am not like them in any way. So Mm -hmm. how can I help people right now, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., what can I do even though I'm an old white lady? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I, I think, okay, let me go back. Okay. So I really do you, you think. Wanna, you want to think I'm not, I'm not that old, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to say. Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. Um, no, I, what I was going to say was, I, I think that you can help at 8 a.m. in the morning by referring your black um, mother, the black mothers who you come in contact with to community support groups like Chocolate with Mommies, um, because then that gives that opens the door for them to feel heard and feel sure. welcome. Um, but as far as like just on down the line, like if you just want you don't want to refer them to us, it's going to take longer than that. I think it's going to take some training, um, some some research on your own time. And I think, you know, like that, that's the important thing. Like with white women, you have to be um, uh, really, you have to want to do the work, you know, because yes. we're not going to always be here to save you, you know? <laughs> so right. you're going to have to want to do the work in order to, Uh, fix these issues when it comes to racism and bias. So I think that's the important thing um, is researching and trainings, um, taking these ideas to the board of the hospitals, uh, making up these policies. 
that's where all of that comes into play. Jennifer, do you have, I'm thinking you're in Alabama. This is the deep South. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a La Leche league group in uh, Birmingham? And if so, is there maybe an all black La Leche league group that meets? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> Interesting. No. Okay. No, we do not. So pretty much you are really at the epicenter of helping the, uh, the new black mommies, yes? That's right. Along with other um, collectives, birth collectives. We have birth collectives with like doulas and oh, right. um, other sure. organizations. But yes, in in so many words, yes. 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 Wow. You got your work cut out for you there. Oh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you talked a little bit about chocolate milk mommies having a huge social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the role of social media in promoting breastfeeding among black women. Uh, especially among the millennials? Oh, my goodness. Well, first, I just want to say, like, how grateful we are for social media. You know, if it wasn't for our platforms, we wouldn't be able to continue the work we're doing um, during these horrible times uh, with COVID. Oh, yeah. So, uh, which actually ties into how much, um, you know, the role of promoting plays in breastfeeding. The average amount of time... um, for a, a millennial spends on social media is five hours per week. And that's just the average, the so average. That's 43 minutes. That's the yeah. average. That's yeah. 43 minutes per day. So this means we have a higher chance at promoting and reaching millennial mothers um, through our social media platform. So I'm just so thankful that it's even here. Sure. Because sure. <laughs> Well, I think what you're saying is by virtue of the fact that they're sitting in front of social media, that's right. You have like this golden opportunity to reach them. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Wow. I really admire and respect what you've done. I I'm actually kind of like amazed at how much you've gotten done in such a short time. When do, when did you start, Jennifer? We uh, formed the group at the end of 2017, but we did not become a nonprofit until October of 2018. Yeah, but that's still a really short amount of time, don't you think? Yes, it is. It is. Wow. <laughs> I hear a lot of stories about, you know, becoming nonprofits and how long like it takes. And we were blessed to like get the, the ball rolling. Well, yeah, but I think you created some of your own blessings, too. I think uh, yeah. that you had... Uh, <laughs> six or seven people that were taking the the lead and Definitely. then you found that you had so many followers how many did you did you just tell me how many you had on facebook it was phenomenal facebook yes on facebook our public page we have around 7000 but our private facebook group um it is 4500 okay. black mothers within that group and then the, on instagram we have 3000 for the amount of time that you've been established, that just seems to me like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not good with the numbers, but it just seems to me like that's pretty remarkable. Yes, and it's still continuing to grow. We get about 15 requests per day um, during the week in our private group, and we get follows every day on our Facebook and Instagram. So, yes, it's growing. So that shows you that it's a need. All right. So then this is a good time for me to say, whoever you are out there, no matter what your role is, if you are interested in what Jennifer and her colleagues are doing with Chocolate Milk Mommies, 
This is your opportunity. It does not cost anything to follow them on social media, and it can cost very little to actually donate. Hello, donate. Uh, <laughs> and I will repeat that website for you. It is www.chocolatemilkmommies.org. Jennifer is happy for any donation that you could possibly um give, but also spread the word and really believe that there, like sometimes we feel like we're going nowhere fast with breastfeeding. That's sometimes how I feel, but we can go somewhere. We can make a difference. Everybody can make a difference. Any amount of breastfeeding is better than no amount of breastfeeding. Any amount of interest in breastfeeding and being able to help others And most certainly, if you're in the greater Birmingham area, I know that Jennifer would love for you to volunteer. Am am I right, Jennifer? Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we, we, at this moment, we're not accepting volunteers, but in the future, please reach out to us and we will definitely get back with you. Terrific. Jennifer Miller, thank you so much for being with me today. It has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, you can breastfeed your baby. Yes, you can get the information. You can empower yourself. You can remember that you hired these people. They need to help you. And in the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.